Welcome to a mini Decades From Home, a mini podcast about the weird and wonderful side of living in Germany. And all without saying, it's England versus Germany, Nick is very excited, it's all we're going to talk about for the next 10 it's minutes. Coming on. Uh, this... It's coming on. it's coming <laughs> I can't think about it, I really can't think about it. We've obviously got a bit in the podcast coming this week where we talk about the England-Germany game, but we're talking more about the media and the sort of background around it. This is our, a little bonus to finally get a chance to just talk about how we feel. Uh, none of the negativity. I just want to talk about the good stuff. So I'm quite excited by the coming fixture on Tuesday night. What about you, Simon? Are you excited? Are you nervous? How are you feeling? At the moment, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, nerves will kick in probably about 10 minutes before kickoff. That's, that's been the cycle for this tournament for me. Hope springs eternal for the first time, I think, in this, this tournament for us. There's a chance, uh, and that's a rare thing mm. for us in, in the knockout stages. So, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling quietly happy uh, about the whole thing. I'm not. There's no dread, mm. which is a pleasant change of pace. I don't know if it's just because there's a lot of the other distractions, but I don't feel any nerves particularly. I just, I'm looking forward to a really good game. And also, I kind of feel like, well, whoever wins this, I get the support next. Yeah. Honestly, don't think either team will win the tournament, but I do think it's the first chance in a long time that England's had to beat Germany over 90 minutes. Kind of the, the attack for England and the defence of Germany, there's, there's holes there for sure. This is my dream scenario. I'm going to lay out my dream scenario for the match, right? It's 4-4. They're all like 40-yard shit pingers. <laughs> like just blasted in the top corner. And it's 4-4. We'll get to extra time. There's a couple of more goals. I'd like Germany to score, then England to score. So we get that feeling of like, we've clawed it back from the death. <laughs> and then England finally win on penalties. But I know that's totally ridiculous. Ultimately, it's probably going to be 2-1 to Germany. And I can see that happening. I, I was expecting the same for the Croatia semi-final. Like, it was going to be the best game of football I'd ever witnessed. And it was heart-wrenching. Yeah. There's nothing worse than scoring first and then losing. Oh, I hate that so much. If England lose, I'd like us just to lose. I don't want us to score first and then lose. I'd just be good. <laughs> totally good. It's the hope that gets it's it. It's the worst feeling, really, is. But So how do you feel about the fixture? Are you? Uh, is this a fixture that you look for? Is Are you like other England fans that you feel like this is a really important fixture? Or are you a bit German and you're kind of like, meh, it's not the most important game we could be playing? I mean, it's, it's massive, isn't it? Like, it's, it's England-Germany. Um, they're one of the best teams in the world. Mm. And obviously they're not playing at the the peak of their abilities at the moment and the squad is in transition uh, Jürgen Löw is leaving at the end of this tournament mm-hmm. and we have the Hansi Flick era ahead of us no matter what happens Germany has invested millions of, of euros and hours into creating this squad mm-hmm. over a generation and it's full of really really talented footballers who have all done really well at school as mm-hmm. well and they've all got qualifications and are looked after and I, I, I worry that that England are going to flatter to deceive with our sort of teenage millionaires. We're blessed in many ways living here and calling this place our home now. That no matter what happens, there's going to be a positive to it. It's harder for our friends back home. Like if Germany beat England and the tournament's over, then there's no silver lining. Uh, it's just over. Uh, and then you have to go to your second, third or fourth team if they're still in there. Whereas for us, we'll get to, we get to live vicariously through Germany into the next stage of the tournament and so I'm feeling whatever happens I'm going to be able to see it in a positive light I've got beer in my fridge <laughs> so yeah same here I'm already, I've fine. already bought the beers for, for Tuesday night <laughs> it's funny because England have followed actually a very similar youth development process as Germany they, they took a lot of lessons from the German system and they've applied <laughs> that at um, St. George's Park the sort of development of the young players I mean they are multi-millionaires I mean let's be honest the German young players aren't, aren't poor 
you know jo joshua kimmick is probably making large and vast amounts of money obviously a difference in scale because of yeah that, i mean that's, that's a very very different player comparison but i think if you look at the average squad member like 17 year old in the bundesliga squad they'll be getting paid half of what a 17 year old in premier league squads would get paid. potentially potentially but it's hearing the players interviewed they seem very level-headed i listened to bakri sakath being interviewed yesterday and he just yeah he was talking about how he used to walk past the stadium and how he's really excited to play germany and and that it's a chance to to test his skills against the best in the world and it just seemed like yeah this is great you know it's it, everyone seems quite level-headed no one seems to be getting carried away but obviously there's a disconnect because we're not exposed to england football madness here you don't have it on the tv we've got friends who have british television and i, I clicked on that the other day yeah it was a lot of like walk the wall england so you can understand how you can feel like you go to the shops and there's beer offers and there's always like supermarkets with like offers for like watching the football like deck chairs with the england flag on and stuff like that it all becomes all encompassing mm -hmm. we don't really have that here even with the germany team you don't have as much of the panini stickers being thrown at you and and lots of special offers because of the football or i've been the bakery i haven't noticed the bakery doing any like football shaped biscuits or anything so it's usually you'd have that sort of stuff but uh, I, i'm glad i'm kind of disconnected from it in that sense because it can be a bit much when it becomes the only thing you can you can sort of think about and the only thing you see and the only thing people at work talk about yeah i mean obviously it, it does become the center point uh, in english culture everything sort of was pinned on to that theme for a while um but yeah, I mean, there's a lot, of, there's a lot of shit going on uh, around it, so you can definitely understand with latching onto that. Whereas, yeah, I think here in, in Germany, obviously, we're dealing with s the same problems in different ways, and I think for the majority of people here, like the football is at the moment at this point in the tournament, it's relatively inconsequential. If they get past England, then we'll see more people with flags, possibly out of their windows, flags on their cars. Then the the fever will will peak a little bit more. But so far, it's been pretty tepid. The public outpouring of, uh, of flag culture, which does happen in the tournaments, so far, I've, I've barely seen any of it. I saw some the other night, and there were, there were Germany flags and LGBT flags mm -hmm. out the windows, and, and that was nice to see. But the performances have left a lot to be desired, and people are just nervous about it. And I think the fact is that they're used to, fans are used to sort of seeing Germany win. So there's always a bit of their mind that are like, well, They'll come good eventually. Surely they'll come good eventually. They always do. Mm. Uh, maybe not now, but maybe the next tournament. So there's there's always a feeling of optimism, I think. Yeah, I think the last World Cup has, has, has cooled things dramatically here. Going out in the group stages, people sort of realise, okay, this can go horrifically wrong and let's not get too carried away early on. Um, they've fallen into the England trap. Uh, whereas now they've they've adjusted for that and they're like okay well, yeah well, once it's the semis then then we'll then we'll talk then, then we can then we can have a discussion <laughs> about it but yeah do you have any uh, any particular memories of previous games any sort of ones that stand out for you obviously there's the Southgate penalty miss in '96 that's heart wrenching even now <laughs> yeah it's 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 tough like I, I can I can relive that penalty shootout really really clearly I, mean, I wasn't a huge football fan at that time but yeah we we were. We were twelve. Well, I was twelve years old when that tournament happened, and it was awful. And it, was, it was one of the first times I remember seeing like England players cry. That wasn't something you'd seen very often. Obviously, I watched a lot of rugby, and and that didn't happen at all, uh, unless you won the tournament. Like when England won the World Cup in the rugby, players were in tears. But I think the the other game that always sticks with me, and it was a friendly, so I, so all the German listeners would just say it doesn't matter, and it doesn't matter. 
but the 5-1 in Munich uh, where Michael Owen set the stadium on fire like that was a really incredible moment because from 1996 onwards England have just been bad we'd always had like a pretty good looking squad lots of very very quality players but we just couldn't collaborate at all as a team uh, and seeing us rip apart a really solid German team even in a friendly was was magical uh, and it wasn't I, a friendly it was, it was a group stage game remember it was a World Cup qualifier was yeah it's it a World Cup qualifier they they my memory because because me if, if, if I'm right if I'm right it was the f- the first game had been had been was it not the last game at Wembley when Germany beat us one nil and in, in, in the qualifier and, and Keegan resigned in the toilet I think that's right and then that was Sven and then Sven Joran Eriksson that took over and I think it was his second game in charge was it not a second or third game in charge it was pretty early on in his tenure I think he maybe played two or three games and a few friendlies before that and then they had this massive fixture and it was, was still a lot of hope you had a lot of young players playing Steven Gerrard Emil Heskey Michael Owen obviously it was all very exciting but uh, I remember that distinctly it was a really formative one but for me it's Alan Shearer's header against Germany in, in 2000 we went out in the group stages along with Germany but Alan Shearer scored a diving header against Germany and I remember that quite quite mm-hmm. vividly even though I was gutted that we let exit the tournament and then obviously you have 2010 2010 was <laughs> full of of excitement about World Cup in South Africa. We meet the German, Germany team in, was it the quarterfinals or was it the second round? Can't remember which. And they smashed us 4-1. That was sobering. <laughs> well, that was when they had their ghost goal as well. Um, yeah. yeah. Swings and roundabouts, as they say. Indeed. But I remember being the only person when Argentina played Germany to be supporting Germany because at that point I was obviously uh, seeing my girlfriend, now wife, Everyone in the bar that I worked in was like, "Why are you supporting Germany? Why are you they beat us?" And I, and I was just like, "Because my girlfriend's German, and I don't really care." And when Germany scored the first goal, I celebrated. No one celebrated. Then the second goal went in, and some more people. Everyone was a bit more drunk, so they celebrated. And then by the end of it, everyone was dancing on the tables as Maradona sort of curled up and started crying on the on the touchline, devastated by proceedings I mean it's, that's a difficult game for an England fan now. Who, who are you supposed to be more against well yeah two massive <laughs> rivals for England yeah Argentina or Germany yeah the little England the mentality the sun reader uh, is, is poisoned against both those countries exactly they were very confused by the, which which war they were were against <laughs> or for they couldn't work it out anyway uh, so what do you think predictions score what do you think I'm going to go for 4-3 ooh 4-3 but I'm going <laughs> to go 4-3 to one. Germany I think we're going to lose oh I think it's going to be two one to Germany personally. I think it'll be two one to Germany, but um, I'll be I'll be happy to be corrected. So you tell me, dear listener, shout it now what the score was, and maybe we will hear you from the from the past. I, I just want everyone to have a really nice time. That was my line. I just want everyone to have a really nice time. Yeah. Anyway, thank you for joining us for this little bonus episode. I hope you uh, enjoy the football. I hope you enjoyed the football, and yeah, we'll we'll see you uh, on Saturday. Uh, and yeah if England win there will be a, another special episode where I just talk for an hour about how much I love Harry <laughs> they'll just be drunken, drunken slurring from us yeah yeah not looking forward to recording that or editing it <laughs> anyway see you later listener